0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So, today we've got a lot of news to talk about. We've got Dak Prescott signing his four year, uh, $160 million contract, uh, going over the um, the free agents, or not free agents, the uh, franchise tag uh, players in the NFL, uh, All Star Weekend this past weekend. Uh, A lot of hockey to talk about, including Tom Wilson being suspended for the fifth time of his career. Uh, Some more spring training games to go over and some soccer news. So we'll start off talking about a topic that I've enjoyed to talk about over these last few days while I'm discussing it with people. And that is uh, the Giants have finally cut Golden Tate, who has been atrocious for them these last few seasons. Uh, They've cut him and David Mayo to create 6 million dollars in cap space and last season Golden Tate caught 35 passes for 388 yards and two touchdowns. I never liked the guy when they signed him for the four year uh to the four year deal. I just think that he was Sterling Shepard 2.0, but Sterling Shepard was younger and a lot better than Golden Tate. So I never understood the point of signing him in free agency when they did, but he's gone, he's out of the Giants organization now and Good riddance. um The Giants have also made another move today, and they have cut Kevin Zietler. He was one of the best linemen that they had, but the salary cap is was uh, decreased by eight percent today by the NFL. So this move will now create nine point six million dollars in cap space for the Giants, which is very big, and uh, especially a time like this where they're going to be targeting a lot of free agents. Uh, Zietler had an eighty-eight point seven percent pass block win rate which was which ranked him 23rd among other guards and he has started in 134 career games with the Bengals, browns and giants now i think that you know the giants cutting him i think that they could somehow maybe try to rework a deal out with him to bring him back because they still need help on the offensive line if not they'll just continue to go younger by drafting a few other offensive linemen and things like that So, if that's the case, you know, it stinks, but he he was a very good lineman for us in a time of need, and he'll probably find work somewhere else. The Washington football team has released Alex Smith, who went on to win the 2020 NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He earned this award for playing his first few football games in two years after a nasty leg injury and multiple surgeries and rehab that kept him out for a very long time. Um, Now... I don't necessarily know what Washington is doing because they don't have a lot of quarterbacks because they, they cut Dwayne Haskins. They now have cut or released Alex Smith. So I don't necessarily know where they go in this direction with the quarterback. I guess they're going to sign a, a rental player, like a one- or two-year deal, like maybe a Cam Newton, reunite him with Ron Rivera, something like that. But... I have no clue where this team's heading offensively. Defensively, they're fine. They have Chase Young. They have the whole um, fantastic defensive line and linebacker core that they have going on. But you need offense to produce, and if you don't have a, quarter, a capable quarterback, that's not really going to work. So we'll see how we'll see what direction they decide to head to. They decide to head in with the uh, quarterback position. Um. Dak Prescott signs a four-year, $160 million deal with the Cowboys. So Dak Prescott has finally gotten the contract he wanted. It's technically a six-year deal, but it will it will void to a four-year to help Dallas against the salary cap. So it has $126 million guaranteed with a signing bonus of $66 million. In the first year of the contract, he will receive $75 million. The, the first three years of the contract, he'll average $42 million per season. This contract is a little bit better than Carson Wentz's contract he signed last year because of the uh, salary cap flexibility it, it still creates with it, but I don't think it's great for the Cowboys because that is a lot of money for one guy. Now, I changed my thoughts, thoughts too had he not gotten hurt last season, but you know, it was a freak accident, but a compound fracture to the leg is still very tough for a quarterback who's supposed to be mobile. And I don't necessarily know how he's going to come back next season. He could be a little bit scared, a little bit jittery in his first few games. But, you know, you don't know if he's going to be the the, same, the Dak Prescott that was playing in the first half of the first few games of uh, the 2020-2021 NFL season or if he's going to be a completely different person like Carson Wentz was. Um, so far, his career numbers are... Uh, 1514 completions on 2290 attempts his compl- completion percentage is 66% he has thrown for 17634 yards 106 touchdowns and 40 interceptions with a passer rating of 97.3 so he's got he's got very good uh career stats so far but I still don't like the contract in the sense of how much money they're giving him and how much and 126 million guaranteed with a signing bonus of 66 million is still a stupid amount of money and but we'll see how it pans out for the Cowboys and we'll see what they decide to do because he still needs a few other offensive weapons to really help him out on that offense and if they get their offensive line back to fully healthy and get like one or two other offensive linemen I guess then uh, it'll be all worth it if he's if Dak Prescott will play the way that he was playing in the beginning of 2020, twenty the twenty twenty season. So we'll see how this how this sets work out for them. The Tennessee Titans have released Malcolm Butler, who is well known for the end zone interception on Russell Wilson in Super Bowl 49. He signed a five year sixty-one million dollar contract in 2018. Last season, he had 4 interceptions, 14 passes defended, and 100 tackles in 16 games. His career stats are 17 interceptions, 5 forced fumbles, 3 sacks, and 83 passes defended. This move clears $10.2 million in cap space, which will be very useful for the Tennessee Titans to target somebody in free agency, uh, maybe get like another corner, but different cornerback who's been a little bit more productive because Malcolm Butler has shown in these last few seasons that he has not been that productive. Um, but, you know, maybe go get a few other, uh, maybe get a receiver because they need a receiver for that receiving core because they only have AJ Brown and Corey Davis right now. Um, So maybe get a receiver bolster your defense a little bit more, and I think the Tennessee Titans will be fine with that. But clearing $10.2 million in cap space is very, very big for them. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the players who have currently been franchise-tagged uh, in the NFL. So we'll uh, we'll start from the top. Chris Godwin, a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was franchise-tagged. Marcus May is safety for the New York Jets. Taylor uh, Moten. A right tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Dak Prescott was franchise tag, but as we've discussed before, he's getting that contract, so it's just a placeholder right now. Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Cam Robinson, left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon Sheriff, from the who's a guard from the Washington football team. Justin Simmons, a safety from the Denver Broncos. Leonard Williams, defensive lineman for the New York Giants. Marcus Williams, safety for the New Orleans Saints. And that is all of the players who have been franchise tagged right now. I will keep everybody updated on that as uh, more and more news about free agency comes out. So transitioning into the NBA, Blake Griffin agreed to a buyout from the Detroit Pistons and is expected to join the Brooklyn Nets. This is a good and bad move. It's a good move because the Brooklyn Nets get a veteran player who can help come off the bench or start when needed. But the bad part is he isn't the same Blake Griffin from a few years ago. He hasn't dunked in two years, so he'll be taking more shots. And that brings up the point that I've brought up multiple times on this podcast talking about the Brooklyn Nets. There is one ball, and now there is four huge egos on this team. I don't see how this works. I understand that it's worked for them, you know, uh, it's worked for them recently, but I don't see this panning out. That is four, four superstar players, or er, star players, and one ball. The Nets have made themselves a contender in the East, but will it last? You know, you, they could hit a road where they start losing games left and right. There is still the... Uh, it is still technically a pandemic so there is still covid 19 all around the world and if certain players get it and you know they lose players to it it's not gonna work out in the best interest it's not gonna work out for them at all and with a team like the nets now who essentially have no depth it's it's not gonna work if players keep going down with injuries or uh illnesses or anything like that so i don't think it will I don't think this how long I don't know how long this will last, if I'm gonna be completely honest. I just think that, yes, they have made themselves contenders, but will it really pan out? We shall see. Uh when the playoffs roll around in the NBA. So far this season, though, uh Blake Griffin is averaging twelve point three points, five point two rebounds, and three point nine assists. It's not bad for a, a bench guy right now for the Nets, but We'll see when the playoffs roll around if this uh, project that they've been working on really pans out and works. The NBA All-Star game was past weekend and Team LeBron beat Team Durant 170-150. to So some notable performances from Team LeBron were Giannis Antetokounmpo, who scored 35 points, had one block, one steal, three assists, and seven rebounds. Giannis also shot 16 for 16 from the field and and. 3-for-3 three three from behind the arc, and he ended up actually winning the uh, the MVP. Steph Curry had 28 points, 2 steals, 4 assists, and 4 rebounds. Damian Lillard had 32 points, 1 assist, and 2 rebounds. Speaking of those two, at one point in the game, they they were just chucking up half-court half, half court shots like it was nothing and making them, and it was, it was a lot of fun to watch those two just go back and forth on the same team taking those types of shots. And finally, for Team LeBron... Jalen Brown had 22, uh, 22 points, two steals, one assist, and five rebounds. Some performances from from some notable performances from Team Durant, where Jason Tatum had twenty-one points, four steals, seven assists, and four rebounds. Kyrie Irving had twenty-four points, two steals, twelve assists, and five rebounds. Bradley Beal had twenty-six points, one steal, four assists, and two rebounds. And James Harden, the last player for the on the, um, Team Durant had 21 points, one steal, four assists, and two rebounds. Now, there were other contests and challenges that happened this past weekend during the All-Star uh, game, and Steph Curry ended up winning a three-point contest. Demontis Sabonis won the skills challenge, and Anfernee Simmons won the dunk contest. So, moving into a very stacked NHL uh, section. We have Nico Heischer was finally diagnosed with his injuries after taking a puck to the face uh, a few weeks ago. and He was diagnosed with a, f- a fractured sinus and a concussion so he's currently week to week. and I'll keep you guys updated on the newly appointed Devils captain on when he'll be back and how he's progressing through uh, getting himself ready to get back on the ice. Uh, just talking about the Devils on that topic is the Devils have not been the same team since he went down and I'm hoping he gets back real soon because they need their captain after these last few uh, few games that they've played. Jack Eichel was out Tuesday night with an upper body injury for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And Coach Ralph Krueger was unable to provide any details about that injury because he's currently still being evaluated. Um, I will talk more about that when I have more details on it. But as of right now, he's I believe he's still out. So he is the yeah, he is the the best player on the buffalo sabers and he's also going to become a free agent at the end of the season if uh things don't go their way so i'd say they got to if the if buffalo wants to keep him they got to make him happy and i have no clue how they're going to do that if he's hurt and they're still losing games and won't make the playoffs patrick kane has played in his 1000th uh nhl game tuesday night this uh, the season so far for Patrick Kane. He has um, 11 goals, 27 assists, and 38 points, which is uh, very good. And in his career so far, he has 400 goals, 660 assists, and 1,060 points. The Devils fell twice to the Bruins this past week. They lost six-one last Thursday and six-three last Saturday but luckily the devils ended a five game losing streak with a great one nothing win against the boston bruins and the player of that game in my opinion was scott wedgewood the third string goalie for the uh, new jersey devils who had a 40 save shutout against the boston bruins who have one of the best one of the better offenses in the nhl so it was great to see that great to see wedgewood come out and really help uh, help the devils get some of their confidence back so it's nice. it was really nice to see that unfold the way it did. Um, then yesterday, the Devils played the Washington Capitals, and they ended up losing 5-4 in an overtime loss. But the positive out of all this is the Devils were down 4-1 until the third period when they turned on the Jets and started scoring goals left and right and ended up scoring three goals to tie the, the Capitals in regulation and force the overtime. So they get the point. Unfortunately, they don't get the they don't get the uh, win in overtime because of uh, a change in the neutral zone by uh, one of the Devils players, and it you know forced a a three on two uh, in their defensive zone. So it stinks, but hopefully uh, now they well hopefully now they'll they'll play a little bit better uh, after the nice third period showing from from them against the Caps, and the 1-0 winning against the Bruins. So they have a three-game series coming up against the Islanders, which will be very tough because the Islanders are another good team in the Eastern Conference. So we shall see how the Devils decide to play during those games. The Rangers fell to the Penguins on Sunday 5-1, and they played them yesterday as well and lost 4-2. The Islanders played the Sabres last Thursday, Saturday and Sunday and beat them 5-2 in each of those games. And yesterday they played the Bruins and won 2-1, so they're currently on a on a hot streak and unfortunately they have to come up against my Devils. So we'll see how that goes. Now, here is a topic that really gets me angry about some of the things that the NHL does. Tom Wilson, a forward for the Washington Capitals, was suspended seven games for an illegal hit on a defenseless Brandon Carlo on the, the Boston Bruins, who was then taken to the hospital last Saturday night. He will also be forfeiting $311,781.61 of his contract, of, or of his money. This is the fifth time that he's been suspended from the NHL. When is it? When is it time to say enough? That's, like... Five different times he's been suspended for illegal checks. When do you say it's enough and just say you got to go? Because they've all all been illegal hits to the head and all that. And I understand that people are going to say, oh, but he isn't because his last offense was in 2018. So I get, okay, he hasn't done it for two or three years. But you still got to think he's been doing it. Anyway, he he gets away with all this BS about this, and it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand because all of his hits have been dirty, all of his hits have been to the head. When is it? When is it time to say, "Hey, you need to you need to pack up your stuff and leave"? We're not you're you're done playing in the NHL. I don't understand it. And like these were so. I'll I'll go give you a rundown of his suspension so far, and it was. Uh, September 22nd, 2017, he was suspended two preseason games for a late hit on Robert Thomas from the Blues. October 3rd, 2017, he was suspended four games for boarding Sammy Blias of the Blues. May 2nd, 2018, he was suspended three playoff games for an illegal check to the head on Zach Aston Reese from the Penguins, who suffered a broken jaw and a concussion in the process of that and the final one came October 3rd 2018 he was suspended 20 regular season games which was reduced to 14 by the NHL Player Association for an illegal check to the head of Oscar Sundquist of the uh, St. Louis Blues in a preseason game and it's like what that's all the evidence you need to to kick somebody out that's five different suspensions five I don't underst- I don't understand what they're doing anymore with this Seven games is not gonna change the way he plays. He's still gonna do this when he comes back. Just the NHL has gotta just say enough is enough. But it is what it is, I guess. There's you know there's there's really there's nothing I can do that'll change anything, but I just think when you have one guy that's putting people in hospitals, doing all this, and you're trying to you're trying to show people that hockey yes hockey is a dangerous sport but if you want people to play hockey you got to show that it's yes it's physical but that not everybody's going to be head hunting like Tom Wilson does i just i think that the nhl needs to sit him down and i i personally think he should be kicked out that might be a hot take but i just think that he needs to be out done no more Tom Wilson. No more No more having to worry about him putting somebody else in the hospital after this. And it's over. So, uh, moving on to the NHL. So, there's, uh, there's some news regarding the Yankees that I don't like to talk about this, but the injuries are now starting for the Yankees like every year. And Zach Britton got an MRI which showed a bone chip in his elbow. And Britain has left Tampa to go back to New York to get surgery. So he will now miss the first few months of the season. And he will definitely be missing the Yankees bullpen. Because he's a very, very reliable left-handed reliever for the Yankees. So it's unfortunate. It's a little sad. Because, you know, I was getting really excited for baseball to start back up again. But per usual, something bad always has to happen to the Yankees. So now I will... Just do a nice little rundown of uh, spring training games from last night. So the Twins beat the Orioles six one. Not six one. The Twins beat the Orioles one 0 Tampa Bay Rays beat the Red Sox eleven to three. The Tigers beat the Yankees six to five. The Pir- the Pirates beat the Braves ten to one. The Blue Jays beat the Phillies four to one. The Mets beat the Cardinals five to three. The Indians beat the Texas Rangers nine to two. The Cubs beat the Athletics nine to eight. The Padres beat the White Sox four to two. The Rockies beat the Diamondbacks eleven to four. The Mariners beat the Royals six to three. The Brewers beat the the Giants eleven to three. The Dodgers beat the Reds five to three, and the Nationals beat the Astros. And the National the Nationals and Astros tied at four four. So our final topic for this week is soccer. And Joakim Lowe has decided to step down as Germany's head coach after the Euros this year, and he won the World Cup in 2013-2014 and the Confederations Cup in 2016-2017. His record with Germany is 120 wins in 189, 189 games and 38 draws and 31 defeats. So he will step down after 15 years as a coach, and, you know, it stinks because Germany's been a power, one of the powerhouse teams in a Europe and the World Cup and the Euros and everything like that. So it'll be very interesting to see who uh, takes over for him. So moving on to another topic that'll make me angry, and that's Thomas Tuchel said this about Christian Pulisic: I know how good he is and what impact what an impact he can have in 20 to 30 minutes. He was unlucky in the last last games. It will. It is not a lack of trust or lack of quality. It is maybe just to be patient. this is BS I'm gonna say it how it is. He was one of Chelsea's best players last year and his and last year's stats for him were 26 games, 11 goals and seven assists. This year he has 12 games started with two goals and one assist because he does not get playing time. I don't understand it. I understand if he you know he's not necessarily producing as much as he has because he was a little bit, he was injured this uh, this year and Chelsea signed a bunch of players this past summer. But he's a finta- he's a fantastic player when he's on, but you got to give him the opportunities. And I think that he's better than some of the players that Tuchel is currently starting in Chelsea's lineup. But right now, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, and Liverpool are all currently monitor- monitoring his situation in Chelsea. And I hope he leaves the club and goes to a club that will actually appreciate him, because I understand Thomas Tuchel has coached him at some point, but he coached him the year that he left to go to Chelsea, essentially. So... I think that Tuchel Tuchel can sell him and get rid of him because I don't want him anywhere near that club anymore because if Pulisic wants to continue to grow as a player because he's still very young, he needs to go to a club that will actually appreciate him and use him correctly in order for him to to grow and become the, the player that he can become. We'll transition to Champions League. So... Dortmund tied Sevilla yesterday two two, but ended up winning five four on aggregate to go to the next round of the Champions League. Erling Holland, this is gonna, he broke a bunch of records yesterday, and I'm gonna give you a nice little rundown of them. Has now become the youngest player to score to ever score twenty goals in Champions League. Fewest games needed to score twenty goals, which was fourteen games. He also has scored the most UCL goals before turning twenty one the first player to score 10-plus goals in first in his first two UCL seasons and finally became the first player in UCL history to score two-plus goals in four straight games. So what a night for Erling Holland, am I right? He's been a fantastic player for Dortmund these last two seasons, and he's been killing it there. So it's good for him. It's good to see uh, him break all those records and uh it's nice to see him uh, to continue develop because he's still very young. So Porto has beaten Juventus and knocked him out of the Champions League in a game where Juventus won three two, but the aggregate was four four and Porto won on away goals. Now Cristiano Ronaldo has been eliminated from the Champions League, so we'll see what Juventus decides to do uh, towards the end of the season with their team because they need to they need to get some help because Ronaldo's gotten out of it there and. I don't know how I feel about Andre Pierlo as the manager because he's, uh, since he's uh, been appointed the manager position, his results haven't been that great. So we'll see uh, what happens later in the season as uh, more things progress. Um, Liverpool uh, advances after beating Red Bull Leipzig 4-0 on aggregate. Barcelona loses to PSG, unfortunately, but... I had a feeling this was coming on an aggregate of 5-2. And to be honest, this is the best thing that could have happened for Barcelona because they need to rebuild their defense. That is a fact. Their defense has been atrocious this year. And it has been, as what I've been saying, it's been Swiss cheese every, every day. Every time they play, essentially, you never know what the outcome is going to be, be because they just, they can't play defense to save their lives. I don't understand it their defense is old and they need to they just need to somehow go sell a few players, get some money back and use that money to buy defensive players. That's all they need. If they can get defensive players and not solely rely on Marc Andre Ter Stey, get and Net to save everything, I think that they'll be a better team next year. But we'll see what they decide to do towards the end of the season with uh, their money and what happens with Messi because he's uh he has the potential to become a free agent after the season. So we'll see exactly what happens with that. And I will keep you all updated on that. Uh, and then some fixtures that are taking place tomorrow are Arsenal is playing Olympiacos in the Europa League tomorrow. So I'm hoping they can get a nice, uh, win tomorrow and, uh, help themselves advance in the Europa League to potentially get the, uh, Champion win it and potentially get into Champions League that way because they're not going to get it in the Premier League at the current moment where they sit in the table. Um, Manchester United is also is taking on AC Milan in the Europa League, so that'll be a, a nice game to watch if any of you want to uh, want to watch a soccer game tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a very competitive game. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic going up against his former team in Manchester United, so it'll be uh, it'll be very cool to to see how that game plays out. The final piece of soccer news that we'll talk about is Stephen Gerrard has won his first official piece of hardware with Rangers in the Scottish Premiership. He won the league with them this year, and that was actually uh, Rangers' first title win in 10 years, so congratulations to him. And Just like that, that is uh, the end of the episode, so thank you everybody for listening, and I hope you all have a great day.